Welcome to episode 18 of the Spiritual Psychology Reconnect. Today we are featuring Beth Perasmo, and I'm so freaking excited to share Beth and her work with you because I have a very special connection with Beth. Beth and I have known each other for many years, and in fact, Beth has known me before I started my recovery and healing journey. And so it feels very special to still be relating with her and have her be a big part of my life. And um, and therefore, I wanted to share her and, and her special gifts with you. Something really cool about Beth is that she has traveled the world several times and is currently living in Cambodia and sharing her yoga there. And one of the areas that she likes to focus in on is a healthy spine. And so in service to helping you reconnect, in service to helping you connect more with your body, I wanted her to share more about how we might all have a healthier spine. Interestingly enough, I've been getting more interested in the spine. Um, As I get older, I seem to have more of a connection with my back. And I am hoping that the, the guidance, the wisdom, the golden nuggets that come through for you today are also in service to you just being more connected with the truth of who you are, being more connected to the body messages that you receive, and being more connected and intentional and conscious of how you can support your spine, but also support yourself in your life. Enjoy. I'm Beth Perasmo, and my gift to the world is Breathe with Beth Yoga and Meditation. I help adults who want to begin their own personal yoga and meditation practice or adults who want to dive deeper into their own personal practice and are seeking a way to connect with their inner truth and wisdom. I help them learn how to observe and listen to their minds, their bodies, and their breath. Today I would like to help you reconnect by discussing spinal health, an issue that is very close to my heart and also one I feel is a very integral component of a growth-oriented yoga asana practice. Beverly has provided me with some questions to answer, all in support of you taking the best care of yourself while you do the great work that you do in the world. Because I want you, and everyone for that matter, to have the healthiest spine possible for them. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're ready, let's begin. So the simplest answer to how yoga supports spine health is because movement of the spine is essential for spinal health. And a key component of any lineage of a yoga asana sequence is movement of the spine in six directions, forward or flexion, backwards or extension, lateral flexion to either side, and axial rotation or twisting in either direction. In yoga, we focus a lot on axial extension of the spine or elongating the spine up and down, which reduces pressure on the vertebral discs because you're using your core muscles to create a neutral pelvis. But movement of the spine happens during most forms of exercise, right? 
I mean, you're running, you look to the right, you look to the left, you reach down to pick up something, you bend backwards. Uh, but the more complex reason is that the intention and awareness that's involved in the yoga practice. Yoga means to unite or join together, and the intention is to unite our thoughts and our consciousness with the movement of our body so that we're able to move more functionally, mindfully, and to focus on activating specific muscle groups to support our spine, and really for our entire body more fully. Yoga teaches us conscious awareness of the structure and natural curves of our spine. So we have kyphosis, or a natural rounding of the spine in the thoracic or upper spine, and lordosis, or a convex curve in the lumbar spine, or lower spine. We learn how to support those natural curves by moving fluidly and not to overdo the movements in any direction because we do preparatory postures and counter postures. So for example, a credit card. If you bend it one way and you bend it back the other way, back and forth on itself many times, it's going to break. Yoga teaches us that there are specific movements that we can do to give our spine time to stabilize or normalize before bending it or twisting it in the other direction. So this is, it's really important to learn our limits of where we can move before injury sets in. Yoga also teaches us how to find our neutral pelvis where the abdomen is drawn up and back, which reduces the low back arch and the upper spine curve. So it reduces that lordosis and kyphosis. And this alone can alleviate, alleviate a lot of pressure on the discs of the spine. Because we're lengthening or extending it, creating more space between the vertebrae and allowing more space to be able to breathe into it. So yoga teaches us how to maintain those natural curves and also how to expend, extend our spine naturally by engaging all of our muscles or what we call total body activation or whole body enlivenment. And this is particularly true of our core, so your core muscles. So we learn how to move with proper spinal alignment to create more ease in the body, to alleviate pressure, and to allow you to expand your knowledge of yourself and how you move. Each one of us moves uniquely. Each one of us has a different type of curve in our spine and a different posture. So we also need different types of movement and different muscle engagement in order to achieve optimal spine health. So yoga, when taught properly, can enable you to educate yourself about yourself so that you can consciously choose how you move, and not only during your yoga practice, but in day-to-day -day life, so that you can always be improving your health and growing. The third way that yoga supports spinal health is through your breath. Most people never learn how to breathe properly. I pause there for a reason. Uh, most people think that they know how to breathe, right? I'm breathing all the time, right? I'm alive. <laughs> well, it's true that you're breathing right now, but subconsciously. 
most of us have never learned how to breathe. It's kind of like emotional intelligence or healthy relationships. We're not really taught this stuff. So because we're consciously evolving, growth-oriented spiritual beings have a human experience, we seek this information as a tool to help us grow further. And in yoga, we bring conscious awareness to our breath. This helps us become familiar with and observant of the lengths of our inhale and exhale. And we consciously choose each one, where and when we complete each breath. And we direct these two powerful inverses of the breath, the inhale and the exhale, through our chakra system, which happens to run along the central nervous system, in other words, the spine. And once we understand how to breathe, how to come to the full expression of each inhale and exhale, our bodies react in new ways. We learn to harness and utilize the power of our breath to lead our movement. And there's a ton of power in harnessing your breath, particularly in regard to the spine. When you consciously choose to be aware of your breath in your body, you begin to actually feel where your chakras are. When you are aware of your chakras, you can also begin to notice blockages in them. Without awareness, there's no way to take action. But once you become aware, you can choose to take a holistic step in the direction of better health by consciously breathing into those blockages to free them up, to create space along our spine to allow for more ease and calm. So even a yoga asana or physical practice is really so much more than just a fun way to use your physical body and to connect with your spiritual self. First, it teaches us how to breathe. How to breathe. Like, really basic stuff. But we don't know this, right? We don't know what's the proper way to breathe or how to take a yogic breath or what we call an Agni Raj breath. Fully breathing to the full capacity of your inhale and exhale. Consciously breathing along your spine. Sending breath in the same direction. Each breath. Each inhale, each exhale. So we learn how to breathe consciously, and then the breath leads the movements of the spine. And this way, we not only learn how to move in ways that help prevent spinal and nerve damage that's born out of improper alignment and posture, and too much unnecessary pressure on our lumbar spine, which is the most common location of spinal injuries outside of accidents, by not only making us more aware of the ways in which we habitually move, but also how to correct these misalignments. Because we learn proper movement based from your true core and how to utilize our breath to aid that movement. So why is it important to keep the spine healthy and flexible? The spine is the sole protector of your spinal cord and associated nerves. This is big stuff, right? Your central nervous system. This is where your ability to move freely in all six directions I discussed before comes from uh, how you think, how you sleep and function normally, including just being an upright human. This all comes from your spine. So any damage or injury in any part of the spine can cause extreme and debilitating pain. I know because I've lived through a lot of this. Uh, it can also create a lot of pain in your entire body for that matter, and it can transfer or 
move into your mind, into your subconscious, into your consciousness, so that you can be really affected by just any type of pain in your spine. Also, your neural responses originate here, like pressure, touch, cold, warm, pain, as I said before, as well as even sensations in your skin, sensations in your muscles, sensations in your joints. So this is the location of kind of like you being a free-moving human in the world, and you only get one your entire life. You get one spine. So if any part of the spine is experiencing a limitation or pain, there are not only lasting implications for how you'll be able to move in the future, but also because it's your central nervous system. It's connected to your brain. Even minor injuries can have ripple effects in your psyche. It can lead to depression and other mental illnesses, if not prevented or treated properly. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty important to keep your spine healthy and flexible. Uh, my spinal health injury, or journey, rather, began when I was 20. I was really young to have a spinal injury. Um, I had always been an athlete. Every single sport I could. I was a distance runner forever. I played soccer from the time I was like five. Um, I was a skier, a snowboarder, a skater, a um, rollerblader, hiker, everything that I did. Anything I could do, I did. And my physical body took a lot of beating from that. So I'd taken a lot of hits from my tailbone to my head. Um, I had always run long distances and I had sway back posture. So this is when your thoracic or mid spine and shoulders are slouched back behind your hips. So you lead with your hips in any motion which puts a lot of pressure on your lumbar spine because your upper torso's weight ends at the point where your lumbar spine meets your sacrum. And that is a lot of weight to be supported by those tiny vertebrae. So one day when in my freshman year of college, I woke up to unbearable pain. I was writhing on the floor because I couldn't get into any position that was even remotely comfortable. Uh, when I was finally able to stop crying and go to the hospital to see an orthopedist, I was told that I had radiculitis, or a bulging disc, which is the precursor to a herniated disc. And mine was in at L5-S1, so lumbar 5, sacral 1. Uh, I learned over time that it, this happened because of my sway back, so my particular posture was putting a lot of strain on my lumbar spine at the place where it meets the sacrum. And all of the exercise that I was doing, so like running and pounding into the ground, um, taking hits on a snowboard, like flipping upside down and hitting my head and hitting my tailbone, all put extreme pressure on that already weakened area of my back. And to top it all off, I didn't know that it was necessary to stabilize your pelvis. So... I went to so many doctors and at the end of the day the doctors said that I would I should have surgery but the surgery wasn't evolved enough yet or modern enough yet and they advised me to wait 10 years until the surgeons were experienced enough to perform the surgery with enough of a success rate and enough experience 
that it wouldn't be catastrophic. So because I was so young and the procedures for back surgery were also so young or new, they didn't want me to have complications like death or serious infection or have to have a disc fused or something very permanent when I still had so much of my life in front of me. But uh, I am incredibly grateful uh, because I was helped by so many friends and professionals. At the time I was living in Boulder, Colorado, there was an Olympic rugby trainer who used to treat me at cost, uh, at no cost, because I used to waitress at the bar where the team came to celebrate their wins. Uh, I had a physical therapist who was a friend of a friend who taught me an immense amount about my core and how to utilize it to protect my spine. I went to countless chiropractors, physical therapists, acupuncturists, massage therapists. Uh, I just, I can't even count. And most of them charged me at a sliding scale or treated me at, at no cost. Um, and so I spent the next eight years just doing every form of therapy that I could get my hands on. And in the process, I learned so much about the way the spine moves and the different ways that you can damage it, but also how you can help it. So, eight years, I've been doing all of these therapies, I've been working, you know, doing whatever exercise I can. I had stopped running entirely, it was too painful. I was on the elliptical machine most of the time. I was practicing yoga, uh, just gentle movements. And eight years later, after all this time, I was again finding myself in a place where I could not escape pain. Any position that I put my body in was uncomfortable. I was in agony every single day. And I didn't know what to do. So luckily I had a friend, Kevin Zeller, who teaches private Pilates to a bespoke clientele on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And I lived with her, and so she know what I was ex knew what I was experiencing, and she told my story to her client, who was a very wealthy um, woman. And she, with not even having met me or heard anything from my mouth, offered to pay for me to go visit her personal surgeon for a consultation, a $600 doctor visit. I will never forget this woman for as long as I live. She wanted nothing in return, not even a card, not even allowing me to treat her to a meal, and she changed my life. I visited the surgeon. He agreed that after all, he heard my whole story of the past eight years of all the different methods of therapy I'd tried, and looked at my pain-ridden, exhausted face and agreed that it's time to remove this herniation that's been sitting on my nerve for so many years. So I had the surgery. Uh, I was out of work for six months and it was really the best decision I could have ever made because I had so much relief from that sinuous fluid sitting on my nerve that I didn't even need the pain medication that I was prescribed after my surgery. That's how relieving it was to have that pain gone. So 
I really knew then that if I could influence one person, save one person from having to withstand the immense pain that I went through for so many years, living with pain is something that I would not wish on anyone, even my worst enemies. Well, I don't really have enemies <laughs> these days, but... Um, Plus all of the mental emotional challenges that come with experiencing pain, uh, I just knew that I had to share what I what I had learned with the world. And I had found yoga around the same time as my disc was herniated, and without it, I don't know that I would even have made it the eight years. But now, having gone through yoga teacher training and being a practicing uh, teacher of, of Hatha Yoga in the Tantric tradition, um, combined with the knowledge I now have from my many years of being a patient of osteopaths and physical therapists and chiropractors, you name it, I now find it incredibly fulfilling to see where this practice enables conscious connection to movement and being able to use it to help others is just an absolute dream come true. So sharing a personal story or a client story where yoga supported someone in improving their spine health. Um, it's really with great humility that I say that there isn't just one story of someone supported by yoga in improving their spine health because every single person that I have taught yoga to has benefited from learning how to engage their core to extend their lumbar spine. There is not one client whose life was changed more than another. Um, I don't know that I saved anyone from having surgery, but none of my clients have had to have surgery. <laughs> That's just not necessarily tied to my lessons. But hopefully, this is because with this practice, the people who I have taught are able to move consciously now. Um, overall, everyone who comes to my classes or who has a private session with me, particular to their own needs, feels very supported and learns something new about how to improve the health of their spine. In every, sing every single meeting I have with an, a client, people are blown away by these really basic exercises and the breath work that we do. And it inspires them. It's like mind-blowing <laughs> seeing their eyes light up and wanting to come back. And inspires them to continue to do these movements and be conscious of their movements and to do them on their own because they can feel the difference. So they become committed almost right away to continuing this practice. It is really beautiful to watch and I am so grateful that I have lived the life that I have with my spinal uh, weaknesses and inabilities because going through that led me to be able to share the knowledge that I now have to help them hopefully never have to experience and to be able to feel relief every day from more minor impingements of the spine. So three postures that someone could do to support the spine. <laughs> well, the truth is that 
any posture where you are conscious of your pelvic tilt and spinal extension supports your spine. So really awareness is the very best thing you can have to support your spine. It's not about a specific posture, but I'll get to some of those in a minute. So every person is different, right? Some people have more lordosis or more sway back in their thoracic spines, and this applies pressure to their lumbar spine. So for them, it's good to be consciously drawing their navel back and their hips back so they're in line with their shoulders, as opposed to allowing them to what is natural for them but allowing their navel and hips to sink forward. For those people who have more kyphosis or rounding in the upper thoracic spine, it's best for them to be conscious of drawing their shoulders back and lengthening or extending their upper spine while not allowing their ribs to splay out in extension. So drawing the ribs down. But during your yoga practice, in every posture, you can support your spine with total body awareness and activation. If you know how your spine uniquely curves and how to find your neutral pelvis or your neutral spine, you can consistently utilize the necessary muscles to support spinal extension and provide strength from your core to provide more relief throughout your spine. But there are some really specific exercises that I do um, in almost every class. And the funny thing is they're not even necessarily yoga postures. So the bug is an exercise that I teach in almost every class. And you can find the video for it on my YouTube channel. Um, it is not actually a yoga posture specifically, even though it does get um, recognized in the yoga world. You'll, you can probably find it on YouTube anywhere, but look for mine. <laughs> um, it's core work. Finding your true core and learning how to extend through your low back to create space between your vertebrae, which feels incredible. It is so relieving on the lumbar spine, but it's also very contracting or engaging in your core. So you're going to feel your core, maybe for the first time. For most people, they do feel it for the first time. Um, and it's challenging, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. So how you do it is lie on your back, you lift your shins so they're parallel with the floor, and your thighs are held at a 90 degree angle to your torso, and your shins are held at a 90 degree angle to your thighs. My lifetime friend and a master of integrative postural realignment, she is a trainer, Elizabeth Houchins, uh, she taught me this position. It's called 90-90, so a quick way to remember it is thighs and torso 90 degrees, shins and thighs 90 degrees, 90-90. So from here, you draw your navel down to the floor and hold your ribs down until your low back is flush with the floor. Then extend both of your hands out in front of you, palms facing one another, and extend one arm back behind you and one your opposite heel down as you inhale. Then you exhale and bring your arm and your leg back to that center 90-90 position. The trick here is not to allow your spine to lift off of the floor to come into that natural lordosis or low spine curve when you reach back over your head and when you lower your heel down. 
This is when it's most challenging. So you really have to engage your navel to your spine and your ribs down to hold this position. Um, you alternate opposite leg, opposite arm, and keep going until you feel it working. And you will feel it working. <laughs> in my opinion, this is the best core workout in the entire world. And it is why I teach it in practically every class. Um, another non-yoga specific pose is while you're on your back still and you have your knees bent, your soles of the feet are on the floor, you can place the base of your palms into your thigh crease and then press your thighs away from you as you breathe, straightening your arms or bringing your arms to almost straight. So this is a way to perform traction, which is used by chiropractors, osteopaths, or by individuals just hanging from a bar. And you can create this for yourself lying on your back. How comfortable, right? Uh, it creates a feeling of space along your spine because you're giving each vertebrae a bit more breathing room, so to speak. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, and it offers a lot of temporary relief. It's not permanent, but it can really help you not be in such a acute state of pain. Uh, and the third one is just a basic supine spinal twist. So supine means lying on the floor. Uh, in Sanskrit, um, the word for it is supta matsyandrasana. It offers a huge amount of relief because it stretches your hip flexors, your IT band. Uh, that alleviates a lot of tight muscles that are, if they are too tight or if there's scar tissue built up around them, it only increases the pulling or unnecessary additional flexion of the muscles along the spine. And so it brings a lot of relief to stretch them out. Uh, the stretch also opens up the chest and the entire length of the back. So how you do supdamatsyandrasana is you lie on your back, you draw, say, your right knee in towards your chest, and then you take your left hand on the outside of your right knee and allow your knee to cross over to the left side of your body as you extend your right arm out to the side, palm face up. So this is a very nice stretch in your chest, but also, like I said, in your hip flexors and your IT band. And you can increase the stretch by applying a little more pressure with your left hand on top of your right knee. Give it uh, maybe like six to nine breaths and if it's really, really tight, then just hold, stay there, and breathe into that part of your body that feels the most resistance. And then when you're ready and you feel satisfied that there's a little bit of relief there, then you can extend your right arm back down to the floor and do it on the other side. So pull your left knee in towards your chest and take your right hand on the outside of your left knee and cross over to the right side of your body. Extend your left arm out to the side, palm face up, and just breathe into the tightness again. I hope you try all of these three postures. I hope this helped in some way to at least get you feeling like you have the power within you to consciously alleviate your back pain, to move consciously with your breath, and to increase your spinal health. Remember to move, remember to breathe, remember to be aware. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Beverly, for this opportunity. 
if you'd like to connect with me further, my contact info is below in the episode notes, uh, but also my Gmail is bethparasmo at gmail.com. Thank you so much again. Be well.